Good morning, everyone. It's nice to be back. It's a bit strange to be back so quickly, but uh, we had to come back for a wedding. But it's also really nice to be here to be able to share with you this morning, um, especially to share from God's Word. Thank you. Um, So first, I'd just like to say thank you to the church for I know many of the prayers and all the support that we receive and partnering with you. And I just want you to know that um, you may not see what we're doing because you haven't maybe been to South Africa, but um, your prayers, your support are sustaining us in that place. So we can't do ministry alone. We can't do those things without you. So don't ever forget that. Uh, Don't ever forget that you're part of God's ministry around the world. Don't ever forget that even your prayers in this place are affecting things in places that you don't know, that you may never see, people that you've never met, uh, lives that you may not touch yourself, but you can, by your prayers, uh, be able to influence and impact the world for God. So don't forget that. Don't forget that. So we want to say thank you uh, for that this morning. So I like that video that uh, Steve showed. Uh, It's kind of a challenging video, kind of an interesting video. Um, And the reason I like it is because it fits so well with uh, the topic for the sermon this morning. And if you have your Bible, please turn with me to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. I'm going to be reading the first few verses. That's the salutation part. You know, dear so-and-so. If you get an email um, and uh, you open it up quickly or if you get a letter. I don't know, people still get letters these days. You probably skip over the first part to find out what the person's really saying. Um, But I don't want us to skip over this morning. We're going to read uh, from the first few verses of Romans to find out what it is that God's trying to tell us about following God's call. (laughs) So I'm actually in a very privileged and blessed place in relation to how uh, people like to relate to me. I'm not sure why that is, but I think part of it is maybe because uh, I'm a little bit at a distance for many people. So for people in the church and many people I know outside this church and this community, I've had, even since we've been back this time, people open up their hearts and start sharing things and then they say, I've never shared that with anyone. I'm too afraid. You can't tell your pastor, you can't tell your best friend, but somehow they feel like they can share with me. So it's a real privilege I have to like go inside the veil, as it were, of many people's lives to find out. And when you hear the things that people are struggling with, um, You'll, you'll find, as I've found, that many people are just struggling to find purpose in life. Struggling to find the meaning in life. Uh, I've heard many times from people, you know, what's, they're believers, they're Christians, they have a new life in Christ, and yet they're asking the question, what's the point? You get up, you go to work, you come home, you're struggling at home, you go to bed, you get up, you go to work, <laughs> you keep repeating the cycle, And you wonder, where's the meaning in this? Where's God in this? What is the point of it all? Even if you look at people that seem to be successful on the outside, when you peel back the layers, you'll find out that many of them are also struggling, even though they may look perfect on the outside. They don't have any real issues that we can see. Uh, Maybe they're doing well in their career. Maybe they seem to do well in their family, but they're struggling on the inside. And then you'll find other people are still trying to find meaning in this world, trying to figure out what God is doing in their life. And I get, again, the privilege of many people coming to me and asking and sharing, not just from St. John's, but actually, I'm blessed, from around the world, people wondering, what is it that God wants me to do with my life? And they're at different stages of that journey, but you know they're not really sure what God's wanting them to do. 
Now, even more specifically, in my role as a teacher, as a dean of a college and several different colleges in Africa, I've gotten to interview many students over the years. And what I can tell you is very consistent is that most of them, especially when they're coming, but even when they walk out the other side with a piece of paper in their hand, they're still unclear, sometimes about their own salvation, but more about what is it God wants them to do with their life? What is it God wants them to do with their life? So the sermon this morning is about following God's call. And this applies to all of us, every single one of us, every person who's here today. So what we're going to look at this morning is two different kinds of calls. And then I'm going to try to talk about some details about those things. So let's read Romans chapter 1, verses 1 through 7 together. Maybe I should read it from the screen. I have a different one printed on my notes. So Paul, a servant uh, of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures concerning his son, who is descended from David according to the flesh, was declared to be the Son of God in power according to the Spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the dead. Jesus Christ, our Lord, through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of his name among all the nations, including you who are called to belong to Christ Jesus. To all those in Rome who are loved by God and called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So we're going to look at two different callings this morning, a general calling and then a special calling. So let me pray, and then we'll begin. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it's powerful. We thank you that it's relevant. We thank you that even in some verses that we may skip over, having read Romans many times, Lord, I pray that we would pause here and be able to find your truth that can apply to our lives even today from it. So, Lord, we ask for your wisdom, for your mercy, that each heart would leave here touched by the truth of your word. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. So the first thing I'd like to talk about is a general calling, a calling that every believer has. And look in verse 7. It touches in verse 6, but look at verse 7. Uh, it says, loved by God and called to be his holy people. This is the category where most of us will find ourselves, called to be his <coughs> holy people. So first of all, before we begin to dig into what that means, I want you to remember this. First and foremost, your calling comes from God. You are called by God. In other words, you're invited into a relationship with him. This is something that's initiated by God. Your calling doesn't come from you. It comes from God. That's going to become very important as we dig into this more. So don't forget that point. Your calling is something that's coming from God. God loved you. It says in verse 7, God gave you a gift which is a calling to be one of his people. So that is a very special thing. So let's hold on to that and let's try to think through what that means. But as we're about to consider that, you may object, you may say, ah, I chose God. I chose God. You know, I turned my heart towards God and those things. I want you to remember that it's for God so loved the world, that you were called by God. That's what it says in Romans 1.7. In fact, there's nothing that we can do to receive this from God because, as Paul says in Ephesians, we were dead in our sins before God called us. 
We were dead in our sins before God called us. I want you to remember that this is something special that you're going to receive from God's hand. You can't reach out this morning. If you're here this morning, not knowing God, not confident, not sure of where you stand before God, I want to tell you that you are dead in your sins. There's nothing that you're going to be able to do to receive this calling from God unless God gives it to you. So my prayer this morning is just as um, the Apostle Paul says in Ephesians 2 that God would make you alive in Christ. And think about how a baby comes into the world. Did the baby decide to come into the world? Did the baby decide to choose to be born that particular day? Many of you have children. I'm sure you could agree. It wasn't anything that the baby did to give life to itself. It comes into the world and it starts crying. And then it's grasping and holding on uh, to have that life that it has. So if anyone here doesn't know that they are called by God and hasn't received this calling from God, I pray that God would grant you the repentance that leads you to new life this morning, that you'd come into this world crying as a newborn babe. Come and speak to me if you don't know Jesus as your Savior this morning. And I've had people come and do that, crying, asking, what must they do to be saved? Yet, they already have that new life because God's already given them that new life. So my prayer this morning is that God would make you alive in Christ even at this very moment. Now, your calling, those of us who are believers, your calling involves a special thing. It's a way of life. You're called to be what? His holy people. His holy people, God's holy people. What does this mean? So this means three things. First of all, let's not skip. You are his. You are his. That means what? You belong to God. You belong to God. You are God's people. That means necessarily that you don't belong to yourself. That's a scary thought. You know, I can do whatever I'd like to do. I'm going to choose to do this. I'm going to choose to do that. If we are truly God's people, can we decide that we're just going to run off, shake our fist at God, get angry at God, ignore God, turn away from God? According to this, we shouldn't do that. Why? Because we are his people. We belong to God. Paul says elsewhere in 1 Corinthians, he expands on that. You are not your own. You were bought with a price. The price, which was the shed blood of his son, the Lord Jesus, on the cross. So you are not your own. You belong to God. And we need to get that straight in our lives. When we're looking for meaning in this world, we often lose focus and don't find purpose because we forget who we are. We belong to God. Amen. 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 Yes. (laughs) And we need to know that. We need to embrace that. We can't just be passive about this. You need to recognize that you were called by God to become his child. God owns you. Everything about you, everything that happens to you in this world needs to be seen through the filter of being a child of God. The problems that come to you in this world to discourage you, to challenge you, they need to be seen through the filter that you belong to God. Why do those things come our way? They come to test our faith, to grow us in our relationship with God. I can say those things are faith-building exercises to help us to realize in our feeble minds that we actually do belong to the king. So we can think about the many problems that do come our way, problems within marriages, and I've heard of many. And I'm sure you could talk to Pastor Steve in his counseling sessions. He'll tell you what other problems he will encounter. 
people that have trouble with finances, people that are having problems with their health, people that are having problems with the world around them, many different things that we can't remember. Those things are all coming our way. One of the things God wants us to learn from those things is that we belong to him. We belong to him. And that's the first starting off point that we need to remember in dealing with the things that come our way is that we belong to Jesus. We belong to God. And the problems of this world come to test our faith, to help us to depend upon him so that we'll know that we belong to the king and that our faith will be strengthened through that. So first of all, remember that you belong to God. Secondly, it says we're called to be his holy people. So what does it mean to be holy? It means to be set apart, to be like God. Holy, 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 the thrice holy God. In other words, we're called to a way of life. So first of all, we belong to God. Secondly, we're called to a special way of life, a way of life that reflects the character of God, reflects the character of God. In other words, we're called to a certain way of how we ought to live every day. Now, how do we know what this way is? Well, I don't have time to get into that, but I'll tell you a secret, okay? I'll tell you a secret. If you look at Paul's epistles, most of the time he has them divided into two big parts. First part, theology, what you should know in your brain about God. Secondly, the second half is usually how then we ought to live. So if you have questions about what it means to be holy, turn, for example, to Romans chapter 12 and begin reading there. And Paul is very specific to help us. What does it mean to be holy, to live a life that's pleasing to God? So that is the challenge. And I think, as I said in the beginning, people get frustrated in going through the motions. I get up in the morning, I go to work. I don't find meaning in that. Well, if you're trying to live for Christ at your job, in your home, and you're struggling through that, um, then you will remember, first of all, that you belong to God. Secondly, he's calling you to a way of life. And thirdly, I'll say, it says we are his holy people. The audience Paul's writing to, and us by extension, are a people. We are a community. We're not just called to be out on our own, one here, one there, one there, but we're part of a body. We are part of a body. We are not on our own. When things get tough, we don't need to run away. Because why? We're part of a body. We're part of the church. The church is a place where people are or should be loved and accepted. And we, as we're following this call to be God's people in this world, we have each other to depend on, to walk through this together. Even the Lord's table that we'll celebrate this morning. Think about that. We just don't do that in our closet alone at home. No, we do this together. Each of us as God's people before him, remembering what the Lord has done for us. So again, I say very briefly, in Romans chapter 1, verse 7, Paul is emphasizing three aspects of being called by God. First, that you belong to God. Secondly, that you have a path before you of how you ought to live. And thirdly, that you're part of a body that will be with you on this journey. Now, I'll say, this is a fairly easy calling to understand, right? Yeah, I'm God's child. Yes, I need to live a holy life. And of course, I'm part of the church. I'm telling you, it's easy to understand uh-huh. It's easy for me to explain, hmm? but it's not easy to live. It's not so easy to live when you get into the grind of life, when you're hit with the unexpected storms of life, 
it's easy to forget God's calling on your life, is it not? Yeah. So when you begin to lose hope, when you begin to become discouraged, please, I want you to remember to remind yourself of your calling, of who you are, that you belong to God. I want to say this gently, but recently I spoke to someone who I've known for some time who went through some difficulties in life as a believer, and he's at the point now where he believes that God is dead to him. He's forgotten his calling. He's forgotten who he is. He's forgotten who God is. That's a danger. Um, that if we take our eyes off of God, we can begin to reject this calling that God's already placed on our life. So when the storms of life come, I want to say to you very uh, gently but very forcefully at the same time, wrestle these things out with God. If you're frustrated, take those frustrations to God. If you don't understand why you have pain in your life, take those things to God. Don't turn your back on him, but turn to him and ask him to help you grow your faith. So if you're on this path, again, I told you it's difficult. You're called to walk a path of holiness. <coughs> a path of holiness. Look at 1 Peter 1.16 later. Um, and he's quoting from Leviticus in many places. Be holy as I am holy, God says. We know how we ought to live, but it becomes difficult to live that way when we lose our focus on God. Like I said, frustrations, disappointments will cause you to become disillusioned or you begin to respond in ways that aren't like Christ. So we need to remind ourselves constantly that we ought to be holy. And also don't forget that you're part of a body. When you're discouraged, if you're sensing that you're losing meaning in this world, don't neglect your role in the body, either to receive support from others or to be an encouragement to someone who's having a hard time along the way. So that is the general calling that Paul's writing to these people in the church, and I believe to us today, to be his holy people, to know you belong to God, to know you have a way that you ought to live and you, to know that you're part of a community. That's who we are, God's holy people. Now, I want to talk about a different kind of a calling, and this is a special kind of a calling. So the general calling goes out to everyone. The special calling will come to a few. And even in this body, I know there's many different people that are wrestling through uh, wondering or on different stages in the path where God may be calling to a special kind of calling. So Pastor Steve has already received that special calling, I believe. He's been ordained. He's been uh, received by this church. He has a special calling of service, and the church called him to this form of service in this church. That is a special calling. Not everyone is called for vocational Christian service. Not everyone is called to that. Think about in the Bible, people that received a special kind of a calling. The Apostle Paul, the prophets, even priests, some of the kings. Remember, David is just some little kid out in the field. Some guy in a robe with a leather belt shows up and starts pouring things on his head and voila, you're the king. <laughs> okay, that is a special calling. Special calling. Um, so... Even in this church, I know I've spoken to numbers of you. There's quite a handful actually here, which is interesting. But not just in this church. Uh, in many different places, people are receiving special callings from, from God. So I want to talk about now what it means to receive a special calling uh, of service. Um, 
from God. So in Romans chapter 1, verse 1, what does Paul say? Paul says he's a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel. So this kind of special calling also comes from God. Paul did not wake up one morning and say, you know what? I'm going to be an apostle. And I think, okay, all the other apostles are apostles to the Jews. I've got a job opening over on this side. I could be apostle to the Gentiles. Yeah, no. That's something that he received from God. Okay, 1 Corinthians 1.1, 1, 1, he says, called, by an called to be an apostle by the will of God. This is something that comes from God. Even think about what an apostle is. It's one who is sent. You don't get to send yourself. It's something that God is sending you to do. And a special calling has a specific task in mind. So look at verse 5 of Romans chapter 1. Through him we received grace and apostleship to call all the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith for his name's sake. So the special calling is something that comes from God and it's called to a specific task. Look at Galatians 1. Paul repeats the same thing. Paul, an apostle, sent not from men nor by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father. Now Paul's angry in that letter. Normally he's uh, giving thanks and you know he's working his way into the theology part, but he's actually angry with the Galatians because they're turning away from the gospel. They're turning away from the gospel. He's angry. All the way through those first verses, you see, I did this, I, 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 I. Talking about himself, talking him about the gospel that he's had, and he's angry with these people he's writing to. You know, when he starts to reflect on his calling to preach this gospel, the tone changes. All the eyes change in verse around 15 to, but God. But God. This is where his special calling comes in. I would call this divine initiative. It's something that comes from God, that God takes this idea of creating um, a special role for someone within the church. Now listen to what he says. He says, set me apart from my mother's womb. Now if you want to receive a special calling, <laughs> it goes all the way back in time to there and even into eternity. It's not something you can do for yourself. Paul, think about Paul. Paul um, is using the language that even before he became a believer, God had already set him apart for this role. Now he's reflecting the language of Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5. Again, God's, God's calling a prophet, but it goes to Jeremiah. <coughs> also Isaiah, you can look at Isaiah 49. This is something that comes from God and is ordained from even all of eternity. So I'd say to each and every one of you here that if you've got a general calling to be one of God's holy people, I said that's an easier thing to understand, but it's actually a harder path to stay on because you're distracted by many different things. I would say about the special calling from God, it can be a much harder path. Think about what happened to Paul, shipwrecked. They tried to kill him so many times. No one was listening to him in many places. People are just putting him in prison. They're torturing him, <laughs> right? But he never wavered from that path. So I'd say in some ways, the special calling is a harder path um, to walk, but it's easier to stay with because you know this path is from God. So what if you think that God may be calling you to um, a special kind of service, possibly as a missionary? 
possibly as a pastor, possibly to some other form of full-time uh, Christian ministry. And I think there's a number of people in this church um, that God has a special calling for uh, today. And I don't leave that to the adults. I would also say to the children, you need to start thinking about where is God, um, what's God doing in your life? What's the point of your life? What can you do in service to God? Now, I think there's a number of you that are here called to special service. <coughs> the problem is special calling is initiated by God and it can only come from God. So now you're on this path, you're wondering, ah, I think God might be having something special in my life for me to do. But you know, that only comes from God. You can't make it up yourself, right? Now that's kind of a big problem. Yeah? <laughs> you're on this path and you're not quite sure what can you do. So I want to give you some helpful tips in terms of trying to find um, your way towards God's special calling in your life. Um, you can't make this up. God's already uh, prepared it. So how can you prepare for a special calling? There's three things that I want you to reflect on this morning. Whether you're not sure if God might have a special service for you or if you're already on the path. First, be clear on the lordship of Jesus in your life. What does it mean for you to be a believer? What does that really and truly mean for Jesus to be Lord of your life? Understand your salvation. Understand what God has done for you. Like uh, Peter says, make every effort to confirm your calling and election, your salvation. Second Peter uh, 1.10. Make every effort. So get the foundation right. Understand who you are before God. Now the second thing I'll say is, Develop a willingness to follow. <coughs> Develop a willingness to follow. <coughs> what do I mean by that? Well, I'm going to look at two stories very quickly. Isaiah. In the year the king Uzziah died, Isaiah chapter 6, I saw the Lord high, exalted, seated on the throne. The train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim. Those are flaming, fiery serpent beings, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their face, two they covered their feet, two they're flying. Have you ever seen that? I've never seen that. It's pretty cool. It's pretty amazing. No one's shocked because you maybe heard it before. I can't believe. I've never seen God appear. Imagine if he filled this room and there's burning snakes flying around in here with six <laughs> arms and legs and things. Okay. And they start calling out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. Now he's appearing to Isaiah, right? So woe to me. I'm a man of unclean lips and these things. And then so he touches um, Isaiah's lips with the coals and he's clean. Then verse 8 says this, Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, Here I am, send me. Now, out of that whole story, do you think God just decided to have a vision? It was on CBC and NTV all day where he's throwing out this vision of himself appearing in a temple and then just broadcast a message. Who will I send? And God is like... Who will I send? Who will I send? I'm not really sure. Who can I send? You know? But he's only showing it to Isaiah, right? He's only showing it to Isaiah. So uh, why is he asking the question? Because he's appearing to Isaiah to ask him to follow him, right? Yeah? So why, is he, why does he say, whom shall I send and who will go for us? God already knows. He's already called Isaiah to do this. We already know this is like before he was born, Isaiah. You're already like, we know what you're going to end up doing because God already <coughs> foreordained this. No, the reason he's asking that question is why? He wants 
Isaiah to be brought into this process of following his call. Isaiah is indicating a willingness right there to follow God, is he not? There's no surprise to God. Yeah, but it's a big shock to Isaiah. (laughs) Okay, So he's bringing Isaiah into this special calling that he has for him. Think about Paul on the road to Damascus. About noon, Paul says, He's going to persecute the church in Damascus. Suddenly a bright light from heaven flashes around me. I fell to the ground, Paul says. I heard a voice say to me, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord, I asked. I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting. So what does Paul say next? What shall I do, Lord? Now again, Jesus didn't come to the road to Damascus after the resurrection, after the ascension, and just surprise Paul. And then Paul's like, okay, Lord, I'll do anything you want. Oh, let me see if I've got something for you to do, Paul. No, he already had in mind what he wanted Paul to do, didn't he? Before Paul was born, Paul tells us, God already knew, but Paul didn't. Paul's showing a willingness to receive what God's already prepared for him to do. He's open to whatever God wants him to do. Amen? Yeah. So he's willing. He's willing to follow. So if, you're, if you think you're receiving a special following, I want you to work that through in your mind. Are you willing to follow God for the sake of the gospel? What are you willing to sacrifice? Because sacrifices will come. And I don't say these things gently because I've seen these things happen. Are you willing to give up your family? Hmm? Are you willing to give up your money? Are you willing to give up your career? Are you willing to give up your reputation? Are you willing to give up your life? If God's given you a special calling, then nothing should be able to turn you from that calling. Now in Acts chapter 22, I just spoke to you about Paul recounting the story and he's already a prisoner at that point. Um, of what happened to him on the Damascus road. But before he got there, he's on his way back to Jerusalem and he's coming into Caesarea. He's on his way. He's very close to Jerusalem now in Acts chapter 21. Luke writes, after we've been in Caesarea a number of days, a prophet named Agabus came down from Judea coming to us. He took Paul's belt, tied his own hands and feet with and said, the Holy Spirit says in this way, the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem will bind the owner of this belt will hand him over to the Gentiles. Then we who heard this and the people there pleaded with Paul not to go to Jerusalem. You've got a prophet from God and the church saying, Paul, please don't go. Please don't go. Now notice the Holy Spirit never said don't go. Did the Holy Spirit say don't go? No, the Holy Spirit only said what will happen to you, right? Well, how does Paul answer? Why are you weeping and breaking my heart? I am ready not only to be bound, but also to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. Because he knew, he knew what he was called to do. When he could not be dissuaded, we gave up and said, the Lord's will be done. Now, many of you are not going to have to go through the same thing that Paul has gone through, but I can't guarantee you that you won't, okay? 
Many of you are working through special callings in your lives, either to missions or to ministry. Okay? And I can tell you because I've seen many pastors and many missionaries leaving the ministry for reasons that make me wonder why they were in the ministry in the first place. Had they received a special call from God? So first I say work out your own salvation. Secondly, develop a willingness to follow. And thirdly, wait for God's call. Wait for God's call. Now what does that mean? I'm saying be active, but wait. So think about Isaiah. We talked about Isaiah in the year King Uzziah died. Um, <coughs> Isaiah ministry began during the reign of Uzziah. You can read in Isaiah chapter 1 verse 1. But his call that we saw in Isaiah 6 came in the year Uzziah died. So he's already out there trying to proclaim God's word, but his calling came as he's already being active for God. Paul was out there doing what he thought God wanted him to do, persecuting Christians. But that's when God called him and put him in a different direction. <coughs> I'll give you several verses from Proverbs. Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. So if you think you're receiving a special call from God, work out your own salvation, develop a willingness to follow, and now be active as you're waiting for God's special call. Proverbs 16.9, in their hearts... Humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. So I would say don't commit to a special calling until you're sure God's calling you to do it, but be active in the meantime. Be active in the meantime, and God will make that known to you. So I'm going to end with a very crypt cryptic note, okay? How will you know if, you'll if you've received a special calling? I've seen books written about this, whole chapters, multiple chapters. I'll boil it down to two words. You'll know. <laughs> Okay, and let me leave it at that because you will know if God calls you. Paul knew, Isaiah knew, everyone knows. Okay, just work on your willingness to follow and your own salvation. Let me just uh, close this time with a word of prayer. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the calling that you've given to everyone in the church, that each of us belongs to you, that each of us is called to a way of life, that each of us has one another, each other, that we can um, share each other's burdens as we walk along the path that you've prepared for us. Lord, we thank you for that. I pray for anyone who's struggling in their lives, either with specific crisis that's come their way or with a day-to-day -day path, Lord, I pray that you would draw them back to yourself to help them remember who they are, that they belong to you, that you would grow them in their faith and give them a confidence and an assurance uh, and a peace that come what may you're with them. And Lord, I also pray for those that are wrestling with special callings. Lord, I pray that you would help them to know who they are before you, that you would also uh, develop in them a willingness to follow you, come what may. And Lord, that you would also reveal um, yourself to them in a powerful ways so that they'll know what you're calling them to do. Lord, we thank you that we can uh, serve you. We thank you especially we can do all these things because of the Lord Jesus, who he is, what he's done for us in dying on the cross for our sins and our place. Thank you for eternal life, Lord. Uh, thank you for the time that we could share. Again, Lord, I pray your spirit would work among those who are wrestling through this message, that they'd receive it and they'd be changed from it. In Christ's name I pray.